Hey folks, welcome back to the MatchNet Podcast. This is Benji Uyama. I'm bringing you another episode to the podcast that is just about matching and blessing. And it's just for you single folks and parents who are trying to navigate this matching process and figure out what the blessing is all about. And most of all, we're, we're really trying to reach people who want to be the be- their best selves and put their best foot forward in the blessing and relationship and really take their marriage seriously. Um, I've been doing matching advising for the last 10 years, you know, a modest amount of time. So I, I really feel an honest, an honest to God mission and responsibility to share my experiences uh, of helping by now hundreds, maybe even thousands of, of individuals and having conversations with them about their matching process and getting them blessed. So I wanted to do this podcast right now, this episode, just about the matching process itself, because I know the matching process is one of the most desired things to understand in in our faith. It's like, what is this process about? Does it work? <laughs> Importantly, what, is it, what are the actual steps? We have a lot of content that's already on online. Uh, if you are a MatchNet member in the MatchNet program, we have laid out the entire thing, all of our matching support coordinators. We have Marjorie Busing, John Abel, Seth. They do a lot of really good content for the matching process, but I wanted to just get on here personally as a young dude who has helped a good amount of people over the last 10 years, I wanted to kind of put a, a personal spin on the matching process and kind of share some really practical things that I've learned along the way that have really helped a lot of folks get matched and blessed in a really successful and systematic way, all right? So the backdrop about the matching process before we get into the actual details is that this matching process was developed for the last 20 years actually two decades now we've been it's been developed it's really designed to help you guys mitigate the risk of having your heart broken (laughs) it's really designed to help you guys also figure out how to find someone in a healthy way a family-centered way a family-driven way that has god at the center that has true parents at the center and is just way beyond anything that you've ever seen before in all of history okay so that's what this process is. It's it's really just a, a systematic way to, and it's scary for people. I know it's probably the scariest thing in the world <laughs> for many of you because there's a lot of unknowns, right, regarding relationships. But honestly, I think the scariest thing is fear of getting hurt, which is reasonable, fear of putting your heart on the line, fear of risk-taking, fear of looking bad, fear of... Uh, looking like a failure, I think that's really key one as well. So the matching process itself is basically, I'm going to start with uh, how to find someone. Let's start there and then we'll kind of go through it. So how to find a, a matching partner. There are many ways to do it. My my recommended way is to actually use a matching website. All right. And I know that's a little bit uh, maybe un, unfavored by some of, some of you guys because the matching websites are not perfect technologically you know if you compare it to like matching.org or match what is it match.com or tinder or something like that they're not technologically as advanced as a lot of things but they do really good and they have really good solid people that are working on those websites uh there is the blessedfamilies.org website which is um, primarily for american families there's blessingforyou.org which is international i really recommend that one there's uh, channelgook.org, uh, online matching system, which is an independent self, self-funded one. 
there's a lot of them. You can read a lot all about them um, on the MatchNet program. We have explanations about all those websites. I don't want to get into the technological stuff right now, geez. But I will say this, matching websites do work. All right, that's the bottom line. Matching websites are, uh, they have a really good uh, turnaround for getting people matched. We actually had, know that 30% of the, 30% of all matched couples that go to the blessing uh, every year, 30% of them have have used match, matching websites to find their spouse. So that says something and they do work. And I think the reason that they are helpful is because when you go on a matching website, you know that everyone there is serious about matching, right? Everyone there is is a qualified matching candidate. Everyone there is is ready to start discussing. And I think that's a that's kind of a win for a lot of people because it's hard to kind of shoot in the dark if you don't know if a family is considering matching a blessing or they're already in a process or you don't kind of know that stuff. So many times it's a blind inquiry that you're sending. You're like, are you, are you, no, okay, never mind, you know, that kind of thing. But matching website, everyone there is is open for business and you can have the confidence that people are serious, right? So that's a really easy way to get conversations starting. The fear of matching websites for most people is fear of fear of just being found on a matching website by your neighbor or by someone at church, you know? Uh, so, you know, I get that, but at the end of the day, I, I kind of always tell people like jokingly, you know, well, it's, it's your life, <laughs> you know, what do you want to find an eternal spouse that God might be nudging you towards, or do you want to not look bad <laughs> you know, or vulnerable? So, uh, yeah, consider those things. Consider if you are afraid of being on a matching website, like what is, what is your fear based on and think about what is the worst that could happen? You know, maybe write it down. Like, what is the absolute worst that can happen if I did X, Y, and Z, regardless of what it is? If I went to a workshop, if I went to 24 plus, right? What is the worst that could happen? And uh, I think it's, you'll find that it's not that bad in the end. The other thing that you can do is go to a workshop. I think workshops are really good. You know, the thing about relationships is that they're historically and evolutionary. It's a social thing, right? People find each other, th- each other socially. So, it can be helpful to go to a workshop. I think it's really important to have a centered workshop, like something that's really grounded in something that's that that you're striving towards, like the blessing, or something that's grounded in uh, true parents or the God or, or or spirituality or something like that. Twenty four plus uh, retreats are a good way to to meet people twenty four and up. Uh, there are divine principle workshops in IPEC, Las Vegas, wherever you are in the world. There's workshops going on. Don't lock yourself in your house, guys. Get out there, go to workshops, be alive, do things, grow yourself spiritually. And that is a really excellent way to meet each other. I promise you that's something that a lot of people who have met each other and have created successful blessings just put themselves out there and just went for it, all right? Okay, uh, other things you could think about is do you, uh, let's say, do you have anyone that you know from you know, going to GPA or STF or a program um, and you could do some inquiries to their family through a matching advisor. I'll talk about that process in just a second. Uh, but, you know, think about think about it and, and don't be afraid to to uh, to go for it. Right. Guys, just a backstory quickly. I was matched by two, two parents in 2010. The first time the true father asked us to choose our own spouse. All right. So we, I had about a five minute window <laughs> to look through 70 plus women who are beautifully dressed and pick one of them and have confidence that God was speaking to me like True Father said he was. 
And when I saw her, I was like, all right, this is the one. I just put my hand out and I was like, part of me was like, this is it. This is my spiritual, like, I just felt spiritually drawn to her. Part of me was like, if I don't put my hand out, someone else is going to take her. <laughs> Honestly, that was like my thick feeling. And I just threw myself out there. And I find in my own personal life, like, that's how God works most of the time is when I just throw myself out there and just don't, if I feel a calling to do something, just do it. Just start something, start a conversation, get the ball rolling. And suddenly the snowballs were going, 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 and suddenly we're matching blessed. You know, so maybe that's what you need to do. Get the snowball rolling, have a conversation with someone, all right? Okay, so now we're moving on to the next phase of the matching process. Let's say you uh, reached out to someone um, uh, through a website. You found someone on a website and you wanted to see if they're, you know, open to having a conversation about the matching blessing, okay? So personally, I, I do recommend that people have a matching supporter. Uh, if anything, it's to have kind of um, insider knowledge or maybe a, a third party uh, third party perspective <clears throat> and opinion on the matter that's not too personal. Like if you're working with just your parents or your own family, sometimes things are really too raw and a little too close to home, especially those vulnerable conversations. So it's nice to have a little buffer, which is a matching supporter. A, a matching supporter can kind of communicate between uh, you and another family or between with another matching supporter of another family, right? or another individual. I think uh, I always do recommend that. And what I would always do for uh, people who want me to reach out on behalf of them for another, for a family, I would reach out to the parents or to the matching supporter of that family. And usually I would say anonymously, like, hey, uh, I have a candidate I'm working with who is interested in a potential matching partner, a conversation, having a conversation, that's really important. We're just having a conversation, trying to figure this out. Would you be willing to have a conversation? And they'll say, yeah, yeah, we're willing to do it. It's like, okay, well, the family's so-and-so and, you know, details, et cetera, et cetera. Could you start a three-week conversation, a 21-day condition to kind of talk about it and think about it and pray about it and all that? It's like most of the time it's like, yeah, I'll, fi- I'll uh, consider it, right? So this is the, the introduction phase, the 21 day. This is what we call the introduction phase, which is a 21 day period of just kind of seeing if it's a potential uh, possibility. This is something that almost anyone that that like has a really hard time in the matching process and is unable to just get past uh, communication is because they don't get the introduction phase right. Meaning that they don't just say, yes, let's have a conversation. In the back of their mind, they're like, you know, like, no, I don't think this is a good idea because I don't like how they look or I don't like their hair color or I don't like the accent they have or whatever. Um, but in the back of their mind, they're like, okay, you know, but but I'm going to give it a shot, you know, something like that. Man, I've talked to quite a few um, men and women who said no to a lot of really great opportunities uh, because they couldn't get past something really small, uh, like a language barrier or or height or age or something like that right you know uh, education or or they had a past uh, sexual experience you know or or you know which is a big issue for people but i think regardless of of who someone is everybody should receive the same um the same chance everyone needs a fighting chance and i really believe that so Regardless of if someone reaches out to you or you reach out to someone, I think it's really important to take that time to seriously consider it, not as a gesture of in good faith, not as a because I'm being nice to you, but really because I think maybe God 
this might be um, something from God. Maybe this might be God nudging me in a certain direction or something like that. And I think you really should do your utmost to, to take it really seriously and make a really uh, informed and uh, intentional decision together, right? And have conversations. So that's the 21-day uh, phase is really just trying to, it's not even a commitment to talk. It's really just, uh, do we want to move forward with this conversation? At, at the end of the 21-day uh, phase, the introduction phase, by the end of that, you will, you will want to decide, do we want to move forward with this conversation? Do we see potential in this conversation? That is not a commitment to the relationship yet. That is not. It is just, do we want to continue to the next phase? Yes or no? Which is, the next phase is the communication phase. Okay. The communication phase is a six or seven month period. Um, now, this period was studied years ago by our team to kind of identify the the optimal amount of time to get to know someone before you make a big eternal commitment uh, to marriage, right? It's really an optimal time to kind of have conversations, uh, have honest conversations about things that you probably wouldn't have conversations about if it was uh, if you were just talking for a really short period of time or if the relationship was based on just emotion or sex or um, anything that was not really you know substantial so the point of that period is really to give time and opportunity for you to have conversations about really important things we actually have a list of 40 questions that we recommend that everybody asks during these questions during this period such as um, past um, experiences, sexual experiences, addictions, habits, uh, pornography, of course, always a conversation to have. Not just the negative stuff. Like, what do you, there's a lot of stuff, like your relationship with God, your spirituality, what do you believe in? What is, you know, just, it's, it's not like you have to be in agreement on all these points, but it's just to be able to get to know each other. It's a really quick way to get to know, know each other and really a deep way and many times couples that are going through this communication phase they like asking these questions throughout the process and not just one time in one sitting you know <laughs> like maybe it's too a little bit too raw and intimate to talk about pornography in the first time you meet someone and confess all of your sins <laughs> uh, but you many people like to kind of you know play it by ear and, and as the relationship grows you you uh, get to know each other and you're on the same page every step of the way so that's communication phase. It's it's really to answer the question, do we want to commit to the blessing and eternal life together? That's by the end of this period, that's what you're you're trying to figure out, right? And it's a lot of conversation. It's a lot of communication. It's a lot of um, even some tension or even some vulnerable speak, uh, arguments, honestly. And that's why we give such a good amount of time is because so that you can have time to maybe have your first fight or maybe an argument or a disagreement or 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 someone gets their heart feelings hurt or something like that and uh, that's really the, the opportunity for that kind of thing to come out so the the main um, pitfall that people fall into during this period is that they at some point are off pace with each other meaning they're not on the same step the same page as each other they they started with a commitment to start the conversation the communication phase and then slowly, little by little, they, they're kind of taking little steps together at the same time. You know, if you think about uh, like you're climbing a staircase or something, right? If you're climbing a staircase, every step of the way you should be side by side. But at some point, someone gets too ahead, like some miscommunication happens. And someone takes or interprets something like, 
like, oh, he's ready for the blessing and he wants to commit to it, but I'm not, you know, it's, you know, the typical relationship stuff. <laughs> um, but the, the min- to mitigate that is really give and take. You have to be willing to be honest and have these honest conversations and talk about them. Of all the couples that I've worked with and helped get to the blessing, the ones that really stand out to me as just really radiant and and really are of service to the world and to each other and their future children as opposed to service to themselves, they really have that quality of just being able to have give and take about stuff, regardless of what it is. If, if for example, if something happens during the communication phase like or the matching process uh, that's really um, negative or really dis- dis- difficult, uh, like someone you know has a porn slip up or acts out sexually um, with masturbation or porn, and they're able to talk about that honestly and kind of get on the same page and work on it together and really be honest. Or someone has um, a lot of stress in their life, uh, like because of school or because of work or because of their boss, and they're able to talk about that honestly. Or someone passes away, you know that happens too. Like a parent or a relative passes away during that. How do they have conversation? But how do you discuss that? Or the communication is difficult because you're on different sides of the country or different countries or different nations internationally and you have different communication styles. Like one of you likes to text every day and call every every evening and the other one is kind of like, you know, maybe once a week is fine by me. Um, so everyone has different communication. So all that stuff comes up and you have to be able to talk about honestly. Like you're living with a roommate, you know, if you've ever lived with like a dorm roommate or or a parent or something like that, it's like if you don't, talk about stuff like the dishes piling up in the in the in the kitchen then it's just going to kind of fester and and explode at some point and it's just not going to be healthy in the end for your relationship but if you kind of kind of communicate and keep a like a once a week like house meeting and like just to talk about issues that came up that's really the give and take that is magic okay but it's not just the negative stuff that you have to have really good communication about it's also the positive stuff you were talking about building your you're basically practicing being in a relationship before you're in a relationship. That makes sense. You're <laughs> you're practicing what it's like to be in a relationship with someone, um, and and you're having a little taste of that before you're actually even remotely close to being physical or emotionally uh, or spiritually connected with one other another. So that means also sharing your victories and your positive and your happiness and your joy with one another. What do you really enjoy? What do you what brings you brings you to life? What do you wake up to in the morning? What kind of gets you going? What what hobbies do you have? And sharing about those or doing them together with, with your matching uh, partner. That's important too. So the bottom line is how able are you guys just to have really good give and take and, and have conversations about all this stuff, you know? Sometimes uh, I've seen, you know, on this topic of being on this, the wrong uh, step with one another, Sometimes one, you know, typically, typically the guy, honestly, <laughs> typically the guy will say like, will be really feeling like it's a real, already a solid commitment. Like we're already committed to the matching and blessing we're in a relationship. And I'm ready to, to testify and share on Facebook how I'm already matched with us. And the, and the other, the partner is kind of like, I'm not there. Sure. Yeah. I'm not quite um, sure if their relationship is, uh, is is there or, or if I want to commit to this. So that's an, an example of being on the wrong step and trying to, so sometimes one of the individuals will have to take a step back and realize that maybe I had some fantasies or so I was going, going up ahead, but I kind of have to take a step back and have give and take about this. And that just takes an honest conversation, you know? So let's say 
by the time you reach the six month, seven month mark in your communication phase or earlier, depending on how you're feeling, you know, it's, it's kind of a general guideline, but the important thing is when you're both, if you're both united, if you have unity, if you're on the same page and you, you decide both intentionally to receive the blessing and you're both wanting that, uh, then the time frame becomes it could be a little less than six months it could be more than six months but we don't recommend it being like way too long because you know if it's like over a year or two years of matching process um i'm not saying that's wrong but maybe there's a sign that something needs to be addressed i'm not saying that that relationship is unhealthy but maybe there's something underlying that needs to be discussed um more more than likely needs to be discussed sooner than later okay so once you have decided, <clears throat> so once you have decided to be blessed in marriage and eternally be together, then this is the exciting part. This is when you get to have your commitment ceremony with all your friends, family, whoever you want. Uh, the, the, the commitment ceremony is really just uh, it can be whatever you want. It's not a really it's not a very defined religious ceremony necessarily like you have to do this and say this and x y and z it's really more about celebrating the relationship together and the decision together so it can be whatever you want it to be um, the important thing is to sign the matching f report form the matching form so that uh, you can report that to the bfm and as soon as you've done that you're ready for the blessing whenever the next uh, cosmic blessing is um you can you can just apply for that online uh, with the BFM and and get started there. Or if you're listening to this in another country, you know, contact your national or regional blessed family department to figure out what qualifications you need to receive the blessing. And so that part of the matching process, which is kind of like the um, you know the paperwork, the preparing for the blessing, all that kind of thing. And it can be kind of stressful. And I'll mention, it, I'll mention it here because this is kind of part of your process to the blessing, your journey to the blessing. It can be kind of overwhelming for people because it sometimes feels like tax season. <laughs> it kind of feels like uh, you have to do a lot of work to, especially if you're going to Korea for the blessing or you know all those logistics. I think just keep in mind that Generally speaking, people that are really, um, really grateful for the blessing don't struggle so much with the logistics. Now, I'm not going to say that that's the case all the time, but that's what I've anecdotally, anecdotally observed, is that people who really understand the blessing and just feel beyond grateful for the opportunity to be in a blessing with this person that they're committed to, they don't really get bogged down by um, the logistics of getting blessed. They just want to get blessed and <laughs> and start their journey, just move forward together and just hallelujah. If you're in that situation, you shouldn't really be worried about the logistics. We do make everything as easy as possible. Like I said, if you join the MatchNet program, we, out, we lay out the entire uh, application system right there for you, um, just making it more systematic so that it's not uh, cumbersome. But at the end of the day, we do our best to make it as simple as possible, but there is the respons responsibility that you have to to get there, okay? Uh, so another question that comes up at this point would be the blessing offering, right? Which is the 
$2,000 offering, standard $2,000 offering. So I would say um, this is a really good indicator of somebody's somebody's financial abilities. You know, this is like something that often people ask is like, how financially stable do I need to be to be in a relationship or to be blessed, right? That's a that's a not a black and white answer. It's a pretty gray answer to to say like, oh, you have to have this much amount of money or make this, you know, XYZ or you have to have this kind of no education, anything like that. I'll say this simply. If you can save three thousand dollars, you're okay. <laughs> if you can save three thousand dollars in cash, then you are ready to get blessed. And the reason I say that is because at least in the United States, most people cannot save $3,000. And also that's just happens to be the amount of money required to uh, go to Korea for the blessing. So the blessing offering itself is $2,000, uh, $1,000 give or take for airfare and you know some things if you want to get some, some choco pies or uh, anything you want <laughs> in Korea, that's going to cover it. So I would say that's a really good baseline. If you can save $3,000, then you are a financially responsible person because you know how to save money, you know how to prioritize for the future, and you have some kind of way to make money. So I would say you're you're set. Personally, I was I was blessed when I didn't have a job. I was still in, in school. So what I did is I fundraised uh, every every week for for in the, a Friday afternoon. I fundraised until I made three thousand dollars, and that was just my goal. And I made it a condition. You know, I could have gotten a job if I wanted to, but I wanted to fundraise because. I want it to be a condition to receive the blessing. I wanted to make it meaningful. I wanted it. I wanted to meet lots of people, and I wanted to have the experience of being challenged, being chastised, uh, having difficult uh, interactions with people, and just having the chance to love them regardless of of how they treated me. And I think that was a really, really important preparation for the blessing for me personally. So you can take that uh, idea if you want. Uh, you don't have to. But that's what I wanted to do, even though I could have paid for it, honestly, without the fundraising. But I wanted to do that because I wanted to fundraise specifically for a goal for a reason. And that's why I did that. All right. That is the entirety of the matching process for you all. I'm sure I missed some things. So if you have any questions or things I need to fill in uh, with my story, ask me a question. Go to matchnet.us slash podcast you can ask a question right there and we'll get to it on the podcast okay also if you want to join the matchnet program you can go to matchnet.us and you can join our community of people who are just trying to make every uh, intentional decision to get matched and blessed in the best way possible in a systematic way all right it's been a pleasure um, having you here god bless you we love you take care